Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to the debut of the Acid Spill podcast, where we spill the beans on gaming, anime, and tech, and, well, whatever else comes to mind. I am your host, Tricky Acid, from Tricky Acid Gaming on YouTube, and I've got my co-host with me, HC. Yo, yo, it's me. Yep. HC just likes to hang out. He's just the guy. He's always there. I am the man. He is the man. He is the man. In fact, me and HC met in... What was it? 2007? Six. Was it 2006? We met when, when um, Gears of War 1 came out on the Xbox 360. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what happened. I was playing Gears of War on hardcore and I had to defeat General Ram. And I was struggling a little bit. So I thought, you know what? Let's just go online and try some co-op. Next thing you know, this guy decides to join me. And how old were we? What? 17? <laughs> when that happened fuck i don't know man i'm <laughs> old now <laughs> let's not talk about the days where we could get up early in the morning and shit that, that's literally how we met and since then it was us just playing gears of war till five in the morning on a day-to-day basis remember those days where you could stay up till 5 a.m and then just fuck off to school afterwards yeah not not giving a shit i know right like i remember <laughs> I fucking hate getting old. This sucks. (laughs) I literally remember I would be, you know, we would be playing Gears of War. We'd playing like eight rounds on gridlock on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'd finish school. I'd come home and around about 5 p.m. We'd jump on Xbox Live. And this was before the time you could actually have parties, I I believe, on the 360. And we had to have in-game chat and we actually met a couple of other guys and we had a clan in gears and we would play from let's say 5 p.m to 5 a.m the next day then i would probably sleep for a couple hours get ready and head straight to school like and it's such a shame how gears of war got milked the way it did i know right like (sighs) that series used to be so cool i fucking love that game series but man I don't care about it anymore. They should have stopped. Fucking, the one with Baird, I don't even remember what it was called. That one sucked. It was called Judgment. Right, yeah, that one was terrible. It had, like, one good chapter, and that was the one in Gears of War 3. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, happening alongside Gears 3. That was pretty cool, I remember. Yeah. But no, Gears 4 was fucking boring and gears 5 i mean we didn't even finish it that's how uninteresting it was yeah no i, I totally uh, i get where you're coming from like gears of war 1 we amazing you know a lot of sleepless nights gears of war 2's campaign mode blew me away yeah uh, it was probably still the best campaign is gears 2 i remember the multiplayer was busted a shit for like two months before it actually got up and running i know right it was just so messed up and we were like can we just go back to gears one then because yeah this is pretty bullshit gears 3 came out it was probably the best complete package i'd say it had the best multiplayer and maybe not the best story but it was uh it was holding up still i think three overall was the most refined i suppose because i mean multiplayer wasn't a complete train wreck from the get-go yeah yeah but um you know i was when judgment came along and that was made by was it people can fly i think the people who made that bullet storm game, yeah I believe. yeah 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 did we play co-op on that game we finished it didn't we yeah, we finished the whole game but it was miserable 
Yeah, it wasn't that great. And in the end, I was just like, what am I doing with my life right now with this game? And then the last chapter, which was made by Epic, was the best part about it. And that was, what, like 30 minutes of my life. And I'm like, great. So I played this whole game, all of it, just for these 30 minutes at the end. After that, Gears of War... Wait, we finished Gears of War 4, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It had that big mech battle at the end, which was kind of cool, but... Oh, yeah, The rest of the game was so boring. Why are you throwing robots at me? I know. I know exactly. Six hours of robots before you actually fight the real enemy. Yeah, fuck the robots. Honestly, the robots were the worst part because all this time we've played Gears of War with this chainsaw attached to a weapon, the Lancer, and you're like chainsawing through blood and flesh and seeing how gory this game was, like it was a game changer in gaming. And then we're chainsawing robots. It's like we're industrial workers all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like I don't mind fighting the robots for a little bit, but it was like almost three chapters of that shit out of five, I think. Or acts, whatever it's called. I don't mind uh, the robots popping up here and there, but don't make them the primary enemy force for goddamn 50% of the game. They suck. They're not that interesting to fight. No, they're not at all. If, like, I hated the if shotgun they were as just, well. If they was just there to spice things up a little, you know what? I'd be fine with that. But nah, get the fuck out of here. Let me fight the locust or whatever. Man, I miss the locust. When when they brought robots in, and I was thinking like, what is this? Like, I don't care about taking on mechanical enemies. Like, Gears has never been about taking on mechanical enemies. I want to take on like, like a whole different race of aliens. Like what Gears was built upon, you know, not these yeah. artificial things that are just walking around. Then all of a sudden, I'm popping off some headshots and stuff. It's almost like they had to turn gears from an 18 to like a 12 not to mention that they were lame to fight they didn't take cover or anything they just kind of stood there and then walked at you you still had to take cover but the enemy didn't they were just fucking trying to be the terminator but they weren't no they weren't it was such bullshit and you know this is one of the reasons what put me off gears 5 i I hated the robot so much and it kind of felt like you guys sucked the life out of Gears of what it really was like. Because Gears 4, for me, was quite a disappointment, it put me off getting Gears 5. And thank God for Game Pass, that it was free, and I tried it. But even when we played on co-op, I was so bored. Like, the story did not interest me at all. And the annoying part about it is that I really liked Kate in Gears 4. I felt everyone else is shit, but Kate. Kate was awesome. Yeah, the new cast is kind of underwhelming compared to the old cast. Oh, 100%. Like, they don't even hold a candle to the old cast. Like, I love Marcus, you love Dom, you know, uh, we had Coltrane. And thank God Marcus was in 4, because otherwise I would have probably dropped that game completely. Yeah, thank God Marcus was in 4. They needed, like, someone from um, the old Delta squad in Gears 4 to kind of, like, keep us Gears veterans, in a way, to, you know have some interest in this because i know they wanted to make jd like you know he takes the mantle and to replace marcus but jd is so uninteresting and he's not gonna take that mantle at any time soon uh he looks to i mean in gears 4 he looks like this clean cut fucking almost pretty boy by this game universe's standards but 
I mean, at least he looks a little more interesting in five when he's all fucked up and stuff. Yeah, I guess he, you know, fits in the criteria. But I mean, I like the fact that you can play as Kate in Gears 5. And that was like just one of the setting points for me for the game. But as I was so disappointed from Gears 4, I kind of just was kind of thrown off it. And like I said, when we played co-op, I didn't find the story interesting at all. Like nothing about the game just was drawing me in. But I've heard apparently when you get to the snow levels, it opens up the game. But I never reached that point. I, I got to that uh, and played it a little bit. It, it basically becomes a, like a giant map. It's it's something different from Gears. I guess you can imagine. Remember the tank bit from Gears 2? Yeah. The, your, your favorite part of that game? I fucking hate uh, that. Where you have this giant open snow area. It's kind of like that, except you can just go at it at your own pace. Vehicles and Gears has always been shit. I've always nah, fucking hated uh, it. One in five, the, the snow skiff or whatever it was called. It, it, it's all right. It's all right. It, it does the job. Um, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. But, th- you know, this takes me back. Like, like how we met, like, during the 360 era. Like, Gears of War defined the Xbox 360, like, as a generational console. Cause... Well, Gears of War and Halo for sure defined that generation. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I still remember Halo. Like, what was it? What was the first Halo we all played together? Halo 3, wasn't it? 3. Yeah. Halo 3 was alright, but in my opinion, Reach was still my favorite Halo on the 360. Yeah, I prefer Reach as well. It was just so much better. You had executions. You you could sprint. Um, it wasn't slow-paced anymore. And I felt like they kind of got with the times a bit more, saying as games like Call of Duty 4 uh, became so successful... Um, you, a lot you of games ripped off the whole Call of Duty, uh, what do you call it? The whole Call of Duty uh, approach to the multiplayer where you make loadouts and stuff. Some did it better than others, but um, yeah, there, there, obviously there's a reason since since it was so hugely successful. Uh, Modern Warfare 2 and COD 4, Black Ops, those games were like shit those were the good old days they were but you know what one memory i have actually you know two memories i have in halo reach and yeah. this is why i think halo reach was my favorite halo of all time You're talking about the elevator bit yeah, yeah no, no. there's like yeah. no no there's two there's two parts actually one part was okay so when i play co-op games okay i usually just scurry along somewhere else sometimes go exploring and whatever it is and what i loved about halo is halo's always had great co-op like you can go do what you want in a way and so we had hc to some extent, yeah yeah to some extent so we had hc and we had another one of our co-op buddies um his name's tank and <laughs> while i'm exploring and just seeing what's oh, in these buildings i remember now i know where you're going at <laughs> talking about that time we got fucking carjacked yeah yeah, that was some funny shit. <laughs> what happened exactly? Wait, I was away in a building, but apparently apparently an elite stole your car. The elite stole the car and started shooting at us. <laughs> uh, we all got out of the warthog for, for whatever reason. I forget why. Yeah. We probably had an objective to deal with, and then yeah. this elite that no one killed, somehow who dodged us, fucking stole our car. <laughs> Right in front of us. It's funny. That's so funny. You got carjacked by AI. It was yeah. the best thing ever. Yeah, that was great. But then there was another moment. So there was apparently like a secret developer room in Halo Reach. 
and we had to do some crazy things. Um, was that reach? I guess it was. Yeah, it was reach. But the funny thing is, once again, you guys were the victims because when I managed to unlock this secret room, I, I completely lagged out. Yeah. I never even got to see it. I no, lagged no, no. out right when we unlocked the fucking thing. I lost connection. <laughs> I came back in. It's like, ah, too bad. Shit's locked. Shit's <laughs> fucked. Dude, it was worse than that. Basically, when I unlocked it, there was like 10 golden elites that came out. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> they took out both you and Tank. Whereas me being like, well, fuck you lot. I'm going to go in this room. <laughs> and then I got to see what was happening. You lost connection. <laughs> and I'm just like, so we just spent an hour trying to do this. And I'm the only one out of the three who actually got to see this content. So, you know, back in the 360 era, I have to say something. So back then there was no such thing as cloud saves. And I used to be really into like limited edition consoles. And yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I used to own like um, the Modern Warfare 2 Xbox 360 Elite. And... You went through four 360s, I think, and none of them were broken. Yeah. <laughs> no, my first Xbox 360 got the Red Ring of Death. Yeah, I sure. All the other ones, there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was no excuse. But I was just like, hmm, that Xbox looks nice. Let's trade in mine and let's go get um, the other one. And so I was, well, both me and Haiti are massive Mass Effect fans. And this is before Cloud Saves existed. And um, I replayed Mass Effect 1, I think in a total of 15 times. Because each time when I got a new Xbox, my saves were deleted. So I had to start fresh. And I used to play Mass Effect, and I used to complete it three times so I can, you know, finish it on Insanity. I hope you're ready to do that again. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that reminds me, actually. So what Mass Effect Legendary Edition is out this month, isn't it? I don't know when it's out, but I know it's coming soon. But I don't know if I'm going to do it on um, complete it three times um, this time. I think what I'm going to do is um, I'm probably going to complete it once, like on hardcore mode. And then I'll carry my save over to Mass Effect 2, which was my favorite. And then Mass Effect 3, of course, I'll play that too. But Mass Effect 3, I'm not that excited for. Mass Effect 3, in my opinion, was like two steps behind Mass Effect 2. Every number of gear or so, I get the urge to replay the whole fucking thing. It just pops up at certain times. Uh, it's not really something I plan for. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably not going to pick up this trilogy edition until then, because... Yeah, I'm not too fussed. Like, sure, I'll pick it up eventually, but I'm in no rush for this thing. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it when I feel like it. I surely wouldn't want to pay full price. I mean, I've seen it on Steam for like almost sixty pounds, and I'm thinking, well, oh hell no, yeah, hell no. Like, hell. I, I'd pay thirty pounds for it. But keep in mind, this game is not even a remake. This game is a remastered edition of a plus ten year old game, and it's still using the Unreal Engine three. It's like fucking 10, 15-year-old tech at this point. Yeah, 100%. Like, honestly, I really do wish Bioware went the step ahead and used the Unreal Engine 4 to just remake all the assets. I mean, having a remake of um, the Mass Effect trilogy, I think, would have been the best thing ever right now, especially with the next-gen consoles. I mean, you say that, but at the same time, with their recent track record, the less Bioware fucking does, the better, to be honest. Holy shit. 
Oh god, don't bring back memories, man. I'm still thinking about Anthem. I spent £78, I think, on the Deluxe Edition. I'm and... so glad I didn't spend money on that oh shit. Oh my god, that game sucks so hard! I literally would come home from work and I would want to watch the live streams with you. Um, and we'd be watching the gameplay and stuff, and we'd play the demo and stuff. And you know what? The gameplay was pretty fun, and I thought, okay, I can't wait for the full game. We get the full game, and the full game is not even finished, and now it's... Well, it's dead. It's dead. They killed it a couple of months ago. Yeah. It's, ne- it's never going to get finished, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, the only thing with Bioware right now is they're trying to redeem themselves, but with, like, Mass Effect trilogy, I suppose, to, you know... I don't know if I'd say that's a, something to redeem. That seems like a fucking desperate last struggle before your life fucking runs out. <laughs> before it, EA it, just, like... Before put- EA squeezes <laughs> the last remaining drops <laughs> out of you and then discard you in the pile of corpses with the others. Everyone, everyone with talent has failed on that studio. Yeah, they did. Unfortunately, the people who actually, the team who actually did Mass Effect 2, some of those teams actually, I think, left already. Oh, they left right after that game was finished. Yeah, hence why Mass Effect 3, I guess, wasn't as polished as number 2. It's, it's unfortunate. And you know what? Maybe this is why Call of Duty has deteriorated over the years as well, because... We had, okay, for me, Modern Warfare 2 was my favorite Call of Duty. Um, oh, yeah. I... All, all the real uh, Infinity Ward devs fucked off right after Modern Warfare 2. They made Respawn. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll get to Respawn in a minute, but, like, Modern Warfare 2 was brilliant. I loved the story. I really loved um, the gameplay of it. The multiplayer was very intense and you know i love modern warfare 2 through and through i thought modern warfare 2 was amazing my beloved chopper gunner it was it was just such a great game i know you prefer call of duty 4 but for me um modern warfare 2 was my favorite out of the call of duty series that area the card form on warfare 2 and black ops 1 to some black ops 2 but i wasn't a huge fan but th- those those days were like the golden days of call of duty if you will Everything past that has been... It's been fucking from mediocre to straight shit. Those were all on 360, weren't they? Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 1. Yeah. Man, 360 was such a fucking great console. I had such a good time on that generation. Like, for when me... When it didn't burn down, yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. But as you said, like, the Golden Age of Call of Duty revolved around the 360 and PS3 console generation. The moment we got the PS4, Xbox One... It just all turned to shit. Like, we had the first next-gen Call of Duty, which I believe was Advanced Warfare, and that was a pile of crap. Yes, it had Kevin Spacey in it, and at the time I loved Kevin Spacey because of House of Cards, but yeah, that just turned to shit. And then they tried to ruin me in again with Call of Duty World War Two, and yeah, that turned to shit too. Uh, I skipped out at that point. I don't even remember that game. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fucking I done with Call of Duty. I completely forgot that existed. Holy shit. Yeah, and, and so, but then, you know, Warzone's getting quite big, and I thought, okay, well, why don't I give it a try on the Xbox One? And I have to admit, it took me by surprise, but they've got a game mode in there. Um, I don't know if it's called Team Blunder or what, but you don't die, like in a Battle Royale, like you respawn, and you have to collect um, X amount of money for your teammates and all that. And okay. I found it so much fun, and I can't remember fully, but I think it was Big Mac, one of the other guys that we play with um, online. Um, <laughs> it must have been, it wasn't me I, I haven't played that game at all Yeah, well, I was taking out um, a couple of dudes And next thing you know, I think Big Mac was in a building And some guy on the enemy team crashed his helicopter into him 
<laughs> it was like the funniest shit. I was like, of course you. As soon as you walk out of a door, you die. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun. And they've actually released season three recently. I spoke to my friend Alex about this. Also, big shout out to Alex. Um, he makes a lot of music and he actually did the intro music um, at the beginning of this podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. But he, he was playing um, season three on his PS4 and he was telling me how the current map that they've had, what they've done is, which was set in the present time, they've gone back in time to the 80s now. So I don't know if I'll ever try Warzone again. I might do. But the one thing that puts me off about Warzone it's always been the the size it takes up on your memory. Like, I've got enough yeah. memory, but it's like, I do I really it. want a game that takes up about 200 gigs of my hard drive? I feel like Warzone, like, I wonder if they're going to actually release a new Call of Duty uh, in November or whatever again. Because you said, oh, they're on Season 3. Are they doing the whole Apex Legends uh, Fortnite thing where it's like, yeah, it's just out for free and fucking raking the cash on, you know, Call of Duty bucks or whatever the fuck they're they're called over there. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. I, I I personally think Warzone is going to be is going to stay. Activision know it's a big cash cow. Activision know um, Warzone has become a massive success. Um, the top um, battle royale games: Apex Legends, Warzone, and Fortnite. They're the three elites right now on the market, and I don't think anything's going to top that. And wasn't there another one? There was PUBG, but PUBG died. Ah, oh, fuck! I forgot PUBG. Yeah. I tried PUBG. I didn't like. PUBG, I tried it as so well. I didn't PUBG. like it really. Yeah. It was so janky. It was. It really felt unfinished. No matter how many times uh, you tried it. Exactly. So you know, fuck it. But from a Call of Duty Fortnite, perspective, Fortnite's very first beta, whatever you call it, felt more finished than PUBG. I don't even really like Fortnite, but at least it felt a lot more polished than PUBG's jankiness. We had a good time in fortnite as much as i hate fortnite but we played we, a few yeah. days and it was all right but it didn't fucking hook me in no but what i was saying is what we played for it like it still seemed like a polished game nonetheless and it played i'm all right. sure it is it has fucking infinity money behind it oh yeah definitely it's like it's the biggest fps sorry the biggest uh, uh battle royale on the planet you know just a hell of game currently could be, yeah. I mean, they've got millions of players, whereas I think Apex and Warzone are like in the two, three hundred thousands. Warzone Season 3 looks pretty good, and I might give it another try, but there is another season that's coming out pretty soon with Apex Legends. Yeah. Uh, season 9, um, that's yeah, In out. a few days, actually. Yeah, in a few days, depending on when this podcast comes out. It might even be already out. But um, we're actually going to be getting Viper's daughter, Valkyrie. And Valkyrie has like these awesome powers where... She's basically using her father's, like, Titan suit. She's taken the scraps from that suit to create this exoskeleton where she's able to hover in the air. And then... It's like a... It's a fucking jetpack. Yeah, I guess you could say it's a jetpack, but it's a jetpack with cluster missiles. Yeah. Still a jetpack. Alright, fuck it. It's a jetpack. With cluster (laughs) missiles. The good thing about this, though, is that... She's also able to like be a mobile jump tower so she can get her squad mates come together and if in situations like how me and you have been in scenarios where we've completely forgotten about that stupid ring and then we die. Yeah, that has fucked up us a couple of times. Yeah, I know. Like we're, <laughs> we're playing the game 15 minutes in. We're like, oh, we've got everything. I don't see any enemies. Holy shit. We've got a bloody 
Red Ring of Death up our asses. Uh, it's usually worse when we're in the middle of a fight and then the ring shows up like the fucking Kool-Aid man. <laughs> but yeah, so being able to jump tower essentially from anywhere is is sounds useful. You can also use it to flank, I suppose. Doesn't necessarily have to be everyone who joins that or hooks onto the jump tower mode. At least that way you've got like a high vantage point and you can pretty much just scout, you know, what enemies are there. So you can use it quite tactically as well, just to get behind enemies. I think Valkyrie is going to be a very versatile um, legend to play as. I'm curious about uh, how, how maneuverable she's going to be in, in air. Both normal flying around, but also shooting her missiles, because she's going to be an easy-ass target if she can move around quickly. But at the same time, if she can speed around and just shoot missiles at people... That's uh, that seems pretty unbalanced as well. So I'm sure I'm sure they thought about that. In theory, what, what, let's say for example we're playing as trios. You and let's say Big Mac, you know, one of our teammates that we play with, can go in. I can stay in the background, in the high ground, and you know, just launch a barrage of cluster missiles, you know, at a bunch of enemies. So in a way, you know, there can be some tactics. Everything is tactical in these games. Yeah. They all they all serve a purpose. It's just a matter of if you have a team that actually is willing to listen and cooperate together. No, fuck that. We need, there's no time. Let's rush. <laughs> you know what, dude? That's just how literally how our Apex games have always been. It's like so we either have a productive game, we get a few kills, things go well. Alternatively, we spend about what twenty five minutes finding all the best loot, all the I best hate stuff. Those. I hate those rounds. <laughs> it's such a waste of fucking time. You fucking run around for 20 minutes. Yeah. Shit all is happening. Even though you're trying to fucking find someone to fight, nothing's going on. No. And then you finally find someone and you get smoked in like 10 seconds. Good job. Great yeah. game. Yeah. Good job, man. Good hustle, team. Good hustle. Good hustle. Whenever we get into these games and it's like past the 15 minute mark and we've not found a single person, I'm like, it's one of those games, isn't it? It's one of those games. It's one of those games. Another team is going to come in, jump us, and take us out. And it reminds me, because one of these days when I was actually streaming on uh, Twitch, and I remember my mates Alex and Steven were watching, and you were commenting as well, you bastard. Fucking, with all the bullshit that was happening in Apex Legends at that time. I remember oh. I, was, I was collecting all these things, like all this loot and stuff, and then because we died so many times, Steven was like, you know what, Tricky? It's very nice that you are collecting all this purple loot, you know, for the next person that kills you. And I'm like, yeah, because clearly I'm I'm doing a charity service here in Apex Legends. Just helping the next man out. Just helping the next man out, man. That, that's what I'm about. I'm about giving. I'm, you know. Pass it forward. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I guess we'll see how it goes because I'm definitely going to be jumping on Apex, unlocking the Valkyrie, and, you know, I guess we'll try duos. Um, yeah. So I can get a chance to play as a... So you actually get the chance to pick her. Yeah, exactly, because everyone's going to be jumping for her in three years. I'm going to be like, God damn it. So, I don't know, I guess we'll see how Valkyrie goes. But um, there is another character that's coming into Apex besides Valkyrie too. You can't play as her, uh, but it's Ash from Titanfall 2. Yeah, the new announcer, game master, whatever the fuck. Yeah, well, I'd rather have Ash's voice than Mad Maggie or whatever the fuck she was. I don't know what that character is about, but I didn't care for it. I don't think anyone did. I was like, who's Mad Maggie? At least Ash is from Titanfall 2. She, you know, she was like the one of the main antagonists in Titanfall 2. And she was an awesome character. Um, 
You know, speaking of Titanfall 2 as well, what was it? Was it free for the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, on Steam. They Not only do they have the sale on the game, but they also put it up for free because there was this whole community thing where everyone get back on Titanfall 2 because guess what? That game still fucking rules. It does. Titanfall 2, in my opinion, is still the best first-person shooter. Yeah. Multiplayer-wise, I agree. Yeah, multiplayer-wise, definitely is the best FPS, I would say, still. Um, I, You know, it's funny because you're a massive Doom fan. I love uh, Doom. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, I can't argue. Doom and Doom Eternal have the best FPS campaign mode. Especially Doom Eternal. Yeah. That's uh, just slap. Exactly. It's, it's incredible. The music is incredible. And then there's Titanfall 2, which, yes, is an old game. And what's annoying is Titanfall 2 being such a fluid fps was so underappreciated yeah i think underappreciated is the right word i reckon it's because of a relatively high skill ceiling to you know get good um which was probably off-putting for for many um you know new players to get splattered on the walls before they even know what the fuck's going on yeah because it's it breaks the norm of fps's like what call of duty did like with, with Titanfall, okay, so first of all, those of you who don't know, Titanfall was created by actually ex-Call of Duty developers back when it was good, um, who created Respawn, <laughs> okay? Back when it was good. Back yeah, when no, it was good, true. and then it, you know, then it just turned into a spiral of pure shit, you know, where Call of Duty is right now. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. As soon as they, it, it takes place in the same universe, as soon as they dump down the wild movement options and took away the Titans, which... Okay. Uh, <laughs> fucking, what, what, do you have, what do you have left? You have Apex Legends, and guess what? That shit's a banger. Tons of people play this game. A lot of people don't even realize that, you know, it's the same universe because they haven't played Titanfall 2. No, that's so true. But, You're so right, yeah. yeah. It, it's like, it, it somehow gained a wider audience, but I feel like every time I watch, like, streamers and stuff, where they go on, oh, okay, this is the same universe, Titanfall 2. Wow, this shit's cool. Why is no one playing this? Fucking yeah. beats me. Because I still think that's the most fun I've ever had in a multiplayer game. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, the thing with with um, Titanfall 2 was, it takes, like, the standard norm of FPS games, which, you know, yes, we get in Apex, and yes, I completely agree, hence why it was so popular, because people are used to a certain formula. Whereas in Titanfall, it kind of breaks away from that because in Titanfall, first of all, you have like um, the ability to wall run and it's so fluid how you can bounce between. You don't even have to fight on the ground. You can literally... So many games tried to copy it and yeah. they were all shit. None of them got the same fluid movement as uh, No, Titanfall. no game. I know um, Call of Duty tried it with Advanced Warfare, with the exoskeleton stuff, but it was that dog was shit. shit. It was so shit. Um Fuck your programming team, whoever made that. <laughs> but um, the 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 thing with, with with Titanfall two was it was just it was just brilliantly done. Like everything about it, it's just fluid fluidity. It's fast paced. It's crazy. It's frantic. It's it's you don't know. Every single game felt extremely different, and then they throw another curveball into it by adding Titans. So all of a sudden, you're playing the game, and it turns into a completely different game when you call down your Titan, and next thing you know, you've got Titan on Titan Warfare. Like, the game is incredible. And so me and HC actually played it not too long ago, actually. And, uh, all right, we got our asses kicked because we hadn't played the game in, like, what, like three years? Oh, the rust. 
the rust was real. Yeah, the rust was so real. Like, because coming from Apex, you know, and playing Doom, let's say Doom being amazing as it is, it still has that traditional FPS feel. Whereas Titanfall is all about wall running, jumping around, and like just not standing still. While Doom is uh, also a fast paced first person shooter, they play very differently. Exactly. Coming back into the game, I think I was thinking maybe I'll play a couple of games or so because it's been a long time. But no, we were we were quite hooked for like a few hours, weren't we? Yeah, it was uh, it was good getting back. One thing I'm gonna say to all you listeners right now, though, if you ever get the chance to play Titanfall 2, because it's on every platform right now, besides the Switch, um, play the bloody campaign mode. Even if you do not play the multiplayer, just play the campaign. The campaign's about six to eight hours, and it fucking rules. It's such a great campaign. Just fucking play it. It's on sale all the time. Every time someone asks, is it worth it? Yes, it's always worth it. It's worth full price, but fuck that. You're not going to get that anymore. Just fucking buy the game. It kicks ass. Yeah, there we go. There's your homework for all you listeners. It's buy the fucking shitting. game and play it. Well, anyway, besides everyone trying to download Titanfall 2 right now on Game Pass or whatever they got, um, what have you been playing at the moment? I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter. Like, a lot. Yeah. I don't feel like I have that much time for gaming anymore. Because, you know, growing old sucks. <laughs> but I still fucking... I'm still getting it close to, like, 100 hours already. Holy shit. So, and it's only been out for, like, a few weeks now. Well, Monster Hunter Rise, yeah? The one that came out on the Switch. Yeah. It's, uh... Fucking rules, man. Like, they took all the best parts from World... Yeah, and just improved on them, and then all the um, all the shit that didn't really work out, they uh, they changed back to what worked. Hold on, shut up! <laughs> Fucking shut up! There we go. Um, we'll be right back saying, after these messages. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Fuck that shit. It's not important. Uh. What was, I, what was I saying? Yeah, they, they kept all the good shit from World and then yeah. changed all the stuff that didn't work out. Because World was like the first of this new generation at the time. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a lot of experimental things to it. Mm. And uh, they kept some and then they changed things that didn't work so well. The whole, you must see the cutscene before you can join your friend's in uh hunt and shit like they got rid of all that shit they went back to how it was in the old days where village quests is the single player shit oh so the other games did that as well yeah world is the only one that did it different and everyone hated it so it's fine that they went back and yeah the hub quest is generally multiplayer oriented it does continue the story in the hub quests but it's not necessary to watch any cutscenes or anything to just go in some some quests you need to have the right hunter rank level, but other than that, it doesn't matter. And uh, and then some new content just came out like a couple of days ago. They added some Elder Dragons. You know some of them, Teostra and Kushalador. Yeah, I know them from when I played uh, Monster Hunter World, like back on the Xbox. Yeah. And Camellios is a uh, it's it's fucking big chameleon. It goes invisible and stuff, and it has like a long tongue. It steals your steals <laughs> a long your shit. Tongue. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's really weird looking, but I I'm kinda just thinking like of hentai it. right now with just tentacles going everywhere. But okay, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, they got at it, and then fucking Basil Goose, Sir Basil, 
shows up again. Yeah. From World. But the difference is, in World, you wanted him to fuck off. Because yeah. he was like... He was in hey, what's shit. up? Dropping his shit blowing, bombs everywhere. Yeah, I'm blowing shit up all over the place. But see, the difference is, now that you can ride the monsters in Rise... Yeah. Like, the whole mounting uh, mechanic has been completely changed. Having other monsters show up is actually a super advantage for you. Because you can ride monsters that isn't your target very easily. Um, their threshold for mounting is very low compared to your target monster. That is so, amazing. Yeah, you just smack that monster around a couple of times, mount them, and then you beat the shit out of them. So wait, you're saying... Okay, so for you viewers who don't actually play Monster Hunter, in Monster Hunter World, there was a monster called... What was it? Basil Geese, right? Ah, uh, who knows. But okay, yeah, whatever the that. fuck he is. I kid you not... He would fly around and he would literally drop explosive shit on the ground, which would explode and ruin your fucking life. So you're saying to me that in Monster Hunter Rise, I can pilot Basil Keys in a way. For a while, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a mount. And I can just drop shit bombs, legit shit bombs, and blow everything up. Yeah. Okay, so there we go, guys. Get Monster Hunter Rise so you can drop some shit bombs. If you're not going to buy it now, buy it when it comes out on PC. It kicks ass. <laughs> but yeah, tell us some more about it, man. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not only not only did they add the new monsters, uh, they, uh, they got the layered armor as well. Yeah, okay. So, now you can have all the right stats and skills, and you don't have to look like a fucking clown while while you're at it. So, layered armor is like, like different skins to make things look it's better. It's literally just appearance. Like, you can... If you like a certain set of armor, you just craft that layered armor. Yeah. And you can look cool while you have the right stats. Because the way to go with Monster Hunter is you have mixed sets to get the right skills up for your um, uh, playstyle equipment. You know, attack up, critical up, all that stuff. Um, and sometimes those outfits look fucking stupid, to say it the least. Because it's just a big mishmash of all kinds of random-ass outfits. So you use the layer armor to replace the things that you think look stupid... And you can actually have your character look cool instead of uh, looking like a dumbass. Because they, you can look really stupid with those uh, uh, mixed sets. Gosh, brings back flashbacks of Cyberpunk. To be honest, it's like style means everything when it clearly fucking uh, doesn't. Yeah, no, no, no. Style doesn't mean shit in this game, uh, yeah. except for yourself. Like, what you like? I, I, I don't like to look at my character that looks fucking stupid. I think that sucks. Um, so I think the fact that they not only have layered armor already this early in, because World took like fucking year and a half at least for that shit to show up, yeah. and then even then it was like you get a couple here and a couple there, and it took the end of Iceborne to have all the outfits available for layered armor. Meanwhile, Rise have already thrown in everything available from the get-go another thing is they started to roll out event quests which is uh in 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 world they were time limited yeah so, like you had you had two weeks or whatever to do this event quest and if you missed out well come back in six months or whatever <laughs> but fuck you that, you missed out yeah that sucked you lost your so spot. again again that's another thing they went back to the old school way is just 
Hey, the event quest here. Download it. It's yours forever. You can even play it offline. That's so matter. much better because look, in yeah. this day and age, yeah, and this, you know what? This is gonna take me to Returnal and something I mentioned later on. Okay, um, but we don't have all the time in the world. No one does, and to be able Those to. Yeah, and to be able to actually like do things in your own time, it's such a great feature. And the fact that World did that is annoying as fuck. Whereas in Rise, you have the freedom just to download it and do it whenever you want. Yeah, because then even newcomers to the game, like they would they would have missed out on it. But then six months later, they'll finally get a chance to do it. But at least this time around, they can kind of still like you know take advantage of like certain key events. Think about it this way: six months down the line, and you buy this game because uh, you you know you didn't get in from the get go. Yeah, and you go to Event Quest, and there's like I don't know, fucking thirty extra quests just slapped at you. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so you get more for your had... money at the end of the day. Yeah, no, and they're all free. It's all free shit, and it all gives you something. Like I think the first one just gives you like some they're extra free? DLC yeah, is free. What the fuck? There is paid cosmetic shit too if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna support you know the game further. Thing with me is when it comes to Monster Hunter, I see maybe this is just because I'm coming from World, but same with Rise. I don't enjoy it unless I'm playing on co-op with you. Like. I don't tend to play it single player. Is Rise more like more single player friendly than you're saying? Absolutely. The village quest is like it serves as what can you say a way to ease into it because the monsters aren't too tough. Yeah. They're actually pretty easy. I tried to go back and like finish off some of the ones I hadn't done with all the high tech gear. It's like sub 2 minutes everything. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was laughing how quickly. Oh my died. god! But then again, you're a you're a monster hunter vet. So for people who are new to the series, like me, sort of, yeah. I mean, I've been around since four, so I've been through a couple of back games. Back in my day, back in my days, it's it's a different engine from Worlds. I don't remember what World ran on. Yeah, but the RE engine fucking does this a lot better. Sure, the game doesn't look as detailed as World, but the loading times and the frame rate is like solid. Absolutely. Our engine um, is fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I love like, that thing. Like, um, what is it? Resident Evil 8 is using that engine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All the Resident Evil games since Remake 2 has been... No, 7, actually, I think was the first one that ran on it. 7 and, was a great uh, I mean, game. 7 is a couple years old, and it still looks, like, fucking amazing yeah. at this point. Seven look, 7, when I was playing it on my PC, I was like... Holy shit! This game is old, but it still bloody looks good. And then yeah. I I played the demo for Resident Evil Eight um, on the PS Five, and maybe it's just because it was on the PS Five. But either way, uh, the game looks stunning, and I was like, "Holy yeah. shit!" The visuals in this game are so clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I um yeah, I'm coming up on around a hundred hours, and you know, some people say, "Oh, so you just cleared the tutorial and shit." I'm like, "Man, a hundred hours." <laughs> A hundred hours is a uh, fucking pretty well for for this day and age, you know. We got shit to do. Not all, not all of us is in lockdown. Holy shit! So a uh, hundred hours. Yeah. A hundred uh, hours is literally like a full game, and you barely even scratch the surface of Monster Hunter. I wouldn't Hunter Rise. say that. I'm I'm pretty deep in there for what the content there is at this current stage. Right. Um, I haven't cleared everything, obviously, but uh, uh, the main thing is, I've been having a fucking blast. I, I fucking love the new the new mechanics and stuff, the wire bug stuff. It, it's all great. It adds like an extra layer of uh, crazy cool moves that you can do. Cause, uh, yeah. 
some people don't like it. They feel like it um, goes away from the formula too much. And I can see that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if a formula, if, 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 it, if it doesn't evolve, then it fucking dies over time. Like, you can't just keep doing the same shit over and over. You gotta, you gotta renew stuff. You gotta, and and then you know, keep the stuff that works and drop the stuff that doesn't. So I think that's uh, about what I have to say about uh, Monster Hunters. It's it's mainly what I've been playing, obviously with that that fucking hour count. So <laughs> that's all you've been doing with all your life. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Well, ever since it came out, maybe. <laughs> I'm, all I do with my life is just play Monster Hunter. It's taken I just over go my to life. Work and then I play Monster Hunter. <laughs> It's Play like, it fuck the dog. I'm just going to hunt monsters right now. Yeah. And I know you've been uh, know you've been on a, a completely different type of game. Yeah, I have been. I've been on Returnal. So it's a brand new PS5 exclusive. It just recently came out. It's like this space style um, rogue shooter. And roguelike. Yeah, roguelike shooter. And um, you play as this um, space explorer known as Selene. And she crash lands onto this um, random planet known as like Otropus. And what I like about the story is that it's not like a traditional game where it starts you off at the beginning. You actually find your corpse already when you begin the game. So it's kind of like you're already within this time loop, like in the midst of the story. Yeah, you're doing the a time loop thing. Exactly. Yeah. So then as you're exploring around and you're finding other dead corpses off your own character and you're listening in on um, these voice memos um, you can hear like these background stories was like I've been here for like 30 minutes this is what's happening oh the astronauts following me on this and that and it's kind of like you're you're um, learning about the lore and everything with the character so it's not so much like the the story is told to you you know like a standard storybook from a to z instead it's like you're trying to uncover the mystery of what's happening and i really like the fact that you know the story is still there in the back of your head as you're playing this so you feel like there's a sense of purpose the thing with me is i don't like games where you just jump in the game and you just play it um single player games um, specifically where the story isn't really there but a game like this, it, it kind of keeps me going because I feel like I have a bit of a sense of purpose. Um, You're longing for that next little bit of storytelling. E- exactly. I don't like it when games... You play the game, but you have to yourself... Um, Make a reason to do so. Exactly. Like, oh my god, why is this happening? Now I need to go on Wikipedia or something and I, should, I need to actually like investigate the lore or I need to like read these like multiple books or whatever it is or go through the codex in the game. Things like that piss me off. It's like, no, I bought your game. I'm here to invest my hours and time into this game. Remember uh, how Destiny put oh, all its fucking fuck story on That's what website. put me on Destiny. I fucking hated that because I was like, look, I like story-based games and I have to find all this stuff out myself. No, let me show me everything. Tell me everything. It's like back to Metal Gear Solid. Um, I know I'm digressing here, but just briefly, I want to explain this. MGS always said everything in great detail and that's what i loved about it because it was very story focused same with many many other fantastic games like last of us and charted and so forth and then you know with returnal being a roguelike game and i'm not the biggest roguelike fan um i don't really I played play- a few yeah but i've not really played many and well the ones i have played it's like all right it's cool but you know i'm not going to invest myself too much into it whereas with returnal um first of all the game looks fantastic it plays great as well um but because 
the game is telling me the story, I've got this sense of mystery, and as I progress through, I figure out what exactly is going on here um, with the character, um, you know, it really, like, adds to the gameplay. And, you know, one of the other aspects I love about, you know, Returnal was the fact that, um, so House Marquis are the people who developed it, and they have done a fantastic job with the, um, the DualSense tech on the PS5. So... Yeah. You're able to like feel the raindrops. You're able to f- feel like the force of each bullet colliding with an enemy, or when you use melee and you know whatever else you're doing in the game. And it's like they have this technique where you can like sometimes move the the trigger thanks to res- resistant triggers like halfway, but then you can feel the biting point, and then you push it all the way down for like you know uh, for the alt fire on on some of the weapons. So the gameplay is very intense. is very fast paced. Um, and it really keeps you engaged. Um, and I also love the fact that if you do die, as long as you pass certain key moments in the game, um, you have some sort of sense of progression. So, for example, I'm always going to keep my melee um, attack, which I picked up, um, which is like this, like, you know, saber sword. Um, also, there's some really crazy moments. and I don't want to, you know, spoil the story for anyone who ever wants to grab it. But there's some surreal moments which you don't expect. And you're thinking, whoa, what the hell? And the way the story is intertwined into this crazy, you know, cosmic world that Celine is, you know, fallen into, it's very clever. And I think House Marquis have done a tremendous job at this game. And, you know, that reminds me, actually. So since the PlayStation 5 got updated, um, you're, you're able to, have to do share play. And you actually tried it out, didn't you? On your PS4, I played it a little bit, yeah, a couple of hours. So on, uh, playing via your PS5 on my PS4, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting how they made that happen and how it works. Um, I didn't really see any of the story bits because you already passed that shit, so yeah. I was mainly just looking at the gameplay. Um, it wasn't perfect because first of all, I don't, I don't get any of the dual sense controlled stuff. Yeah, because obviously I'm on the PS4. Um, peasant and and yeah <laughs> and uh and obviously uh connection is a thing that happens and it was going a bit up and down so sometimes you know my camera controls were freaking out there was a, a bit of a delay to it and everything like it, it made it a little harder to play the game but you know i could see what was going on i could get the feel of the game and you know it's, it's a pretty good third person shooter uh very fast paced um can get pretty chaotic but yeah, uh, it is not bad. Uh, I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the combat. Yeah. Running around is cool too. Like you, you haul ass in this game. You're so fast. Oh yeah, like you know, she'll give um she, she'll give Usain Bolt like you know run for his money. Like, <laughs> she, right until she, you run off that cliff. Mate, she too. can sprint and like her her cardio is on another level. I'm like, holy uh, shit, dude! Fucking blasting off. Exactly. Like, like she, she's like you know she's like the Flash, mate. Like she is quick and. Yeah. That's what I love about this game, but it was so funny because, like, you know, so I like the fact that PlayStation even gives you the option to actually have cross-gen play like this, so you're able to play PS5 games via a PS4. I think it still needs some work because I don't think everyone's internet connections, you know, are stable enough to have a a full 4K uh, game. It's obviously going to require a certain level of internet to, uh, to stream a game like this. There's a lot of tech like, behind I, it. I have pretty, I have pretty strong internet, and so have you. 
But even then, it was like uh, there was parts where I couldn't even tell what's going on because everything. Am I playing Minecraft? <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of look like Minecraft. Like if you go really close to a wall in Minecraft. But you know, all in all, I, I I got the gist of it, and I think it was pretty cool. That being said, though, as much as praise I'm giving this game, and as much as I like it, there is one thing that is pissing me the fuck off. Tell me about the thing. I will tell you about the thing. Right after these messages. No, I'm kidding. So, in Returnal, you can't save. So when you die, you start from the beginning, yes? Like when, uh-huh. you, when you die. Yeah. When I say you can't save, it saves certain key moments, like in the story, like what you've done, so you don't have to redo certain things. So, you're not, so it's not as repetitive. But when you play the game, let's say if I'm halfway through a run and I've got these nice upgrades, I've got a shotgun and everything like that. If I switch my PS4 off, it resets your playthrough. Even though you're playing on the PS5. Yeah. So they put a warning on, well, at the beginning of the game saying the way the game is designed is if you're doing a run, you better finish that run until you die. Otherwise. Yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. That is bullshit. They Other said. Other roguelikes let you fucking like stop when you need to go or whatever. Let's say, for example, because so roguelike games are based on luck as well, you know, depending, you know. Yeah. Um, the lock a certain of the amount of luck involved for sure exactly like maybe i will find a shotgun maybe i will find an assault rifle because the pistol is bullshit in this game as you know yeah that thing sucks yeah and so i i will try to grab an assault rifle or whatever. let's say i've got a, a good few things and sometimes you know the game will let you rush into the boss battle straight away because you know it changes the biomes but for the most part you're literally progressing through the game getting these upgrades and all these other things you're two hours into it and then you finally get to the boss right let's say for example within those two hours you really need to go i need to put my ps5 on rest mode so that way the game is still in the background okay running yeah okay so then when i come back to it i can i can go from there but let's say for example if i wanted to play a different game or i wanted to just switch the ps4 5 off for any reason if I do that, I'm doomed. I'm going to lose all that progress I made. So it's like House Marquee have kind of locked you out from doing anything else with your PS5 besides playing that fucking game. And that's what pisses me off because if I'm having a good run and I really want to try something else, because I don't trust this shit where, okay, if I'm going to play Spider-Man, if I want to play Demon Souls or whatever it is, and I try to switch back out to another game, right? It may actually restart, and if and um, if I if I forget to put my PS5 in rest mode, I just switched it off. I've lost that progress. It's 2021, and I really think autosave should have been a feature. I don't think you should be penalized for the fact that I want to go away from the PlayStation and do other things or play different games, okay, <laughs> on the same console. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty shit. That, yeah, that wouldn't be a thing. The only other. Uh roguelike that i really put some time into was uh dead cells yeah and dead obviously cells. that's a whole that's that. a whole different thing uh but yeah it definitely had the thing where you can just pause and and then quit and then come back to your current run once you're uh you know back i know i i still have a run that's like really good on the xbox i think yeah maybe i was on the pc i i own both um and I'm like, yeah, I haven't played that game for, I don't know, quite some time at this point. Yeah. But I know I can always return to that run whenever I want to. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's just shit. Fucking fix it. Yeah. That's, there's no excuse. Fuck off. 
Exactly. It's there's no excuse. It's fucking bullshit. Like, I know it's just autosave, but fuck me, mate. Autosave is a massive factor in games. This is a massive game changer for everybody. Um, and that is something that they they shouldn't have purposely removed um, from this aspect of this game. And they, they purposely did it as a design choice, and it's a stupid design choice, in my opinion. And I think a lot what's of people the, will agree to it. What's the reasoning for it? Do you know? I don't know. It just says at the start of the game, because I can't remember now, but something like, you will lose all your progress unless your PS5 is in rest mode. That's it. That sucks. They've specifically done it so then you are stuck and glued to that one specific game. And I think that's stupid because, like I said before, you could literally be spending two, three hours building your character up to be prepared to take on a boss, you know? Not to mention, those runs are going to get longer and longer the further you get into the game. Exactly. So, you know, if you think about it, I mean, I'm sure they've got shortcuts and this and that, and they're quite smart with the level design. So that may not be as much of an issue. But the the fact that I can't just jump off the game and, you know, do something else and feel safe to think that, all right, well, I know I'm in this situation here where I'm quite safe. I've just done all of these things. I'm going to jump back on it again. Hey, if I die, it's, it's, it's on me. It's fine. It's my yeah. skills, you know, my mistakes. I will come back to it again. But the fact that I can't do that and I have to start from the beginning again, that's bullshit unless my PS5 is on rest mode. Like, fuck you. I don't have to keep my PS5 on rest mode if I don't want to keep it on rest mode. But I'm forced to do it just to keep my playthrough going in this game. Right, so with all that out of my system now, I feel cleansed. The hatred has been removed, sort of. Um, we're talking about PlayStation exclusives, well, PS5 exclusives. And we've got Ranchi and Clang Rift Apart coming out in, um, in June. And... I am so looking forward to this game. So PlayStation had this event, State of Play. They showed off like 60 minutes of gameplay. You saw it as well. And I know Ranchi and Clank isn't your game. but I saw some of it, yeah, but it's not really my thing. Yeah, which is fine. I hear it's a, it's a great series from what I hear. I'm just not into it. I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. But like when I saw this gameplay, holy shit this game looked good it does look very clean yeah so clean and clearly the ps5 is pulling its weight showing off those next gen visuals because we're at the stage in the industry now you know thanks to next gen graphics with ray tracing and so forth that we're practicing a game that rivals pixar style visuals it's like i'm watching wreck it ralph or something it's so damn good so clean and it blew me away how good this game looks and I love it because it shows that Sony really are wanting to show off what the PS5 is capable of doing, what the next gen is bringing to the table, especially this early on. We've also got Rivet, who's pretty much an alternate reality version of Ratchet. She's really cool. I love Rivet. I think everyone does. Uh, the fact that we get to switch between the two characters as well is going to be very interesting. I also love her fluffy tail. That's the best part. Um, so it really shows off what the PS5 can do. And, you know, clearly Sony want to show off um, what that SSD can do. And They're also really the shilling this uh, feature. So I hope it holds up when the game actually launches. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it will do. I mean, to be fair, like PlayStation never made a big deal of the whole DualSense thing. And that blew everyone away. You know, I'm talking about like the near instant uh, transitions between worlds and shit. Like they can talk all they want, but... Until well, we've we seen talk. the gameplay for it, and it is near instant, yeah. so let's just hope yeah. the full game. I'll be honest, I've seen so much shit throughout the years, I don't believe anything until I have it in my head. <laughs> well, don't I'll worry. I'll be real, I'm very, 
pessimistic or not pessimistic uh, skeptic yeah. every time they big up some sort of feature. And if I'm wrong, great. If not, well, just another one in the oh pile. Oh god, of it life. reminds me of Watch Dogs. That was such a disaster back in the Fucking day. Hell. Yeah, Watch Dogs, man. The hype as shit during that E3 was Watch Dogs. And then it was just a pile of shit when it came out. Yeah, but I totally oh, yeah. get where you're coming from. I'm I'm very skeptic until proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I've I've got some hope for this because I've I've seen what people have been able to accomplish with the PS5. Like, there was no loading times of Spider-Man. There was no loading in Returnal. You know, so yeah, I'm coming from that perspective, I'm more hopeful because I've seen the PS5 do no loading. You know, we're at that stage now where there is no loading. And so I kind of feel Thank like God. I'm pretty sure that Returnal will... Sorry, not Returnal. Fuck Returnal right now. The, <laughs> I'm sure that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart will, um, you know, have that same instant loading, um, you know, as you're, as you're shifting between worlds. And I, uh, I think that's a massive mechanic with this game as well. Yeah. So that's what it is. I mean, who knows? I mean, do you think if Ratchet and Clank was a slightly more mature game, you know, it had, like, the brutality of Gears. You'd be more into it. No. That would also be super weird. <laughs> fluffy animals and stuff and just... Man, that's some Congress bad fur day shit. But you don't want to rip apart things? I do, but not in this fucking game. <laughs> I'll stick to my dooms. Stick to doom, yeah. But no, I'm I'm, I'm super sold on it. Um, They were explaining in that video, that 60-minute demo, where... The dual sense is once again used and how you can feel the force and the power of each weapon so you can you know really feel how powerful each shot is how they're using the resistive triggers and how you can feel like the environment with the controller so you know i'm i'm really really looking forward to ratchet and clank rift apart so for a playstation 5 gamer you got returnal um we've got ratchet and clank all the way then later on in September for me at least there's um there's another game called Deathloop so but we'll see cuz E3 is going to be a digital event this year and I guess we'll see what else PlayStation holds up but it would be nice to see what the Series X has also got I know Microsoft acquired Bethesda but I think we're a Maybe while one day it. they'll have a game. One day we'll finally one day have a game. Be a game. There is no reason to grab the Series X at this stage uh, no. at all. At all. Like they were fucking Oh, look at this, the new Halo. And what a fucking disaster that was. All we got out of that was, what was it, Craig? Craig, the fucking <laughs> shitty looking brute. They what had no games joke. at launch. Nah. Nothing. It was a shit launch. Like, okay. I don't, I don't think that's ever happened before. No. New console launch with no games. Nothing worth talking about. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy they actually listened to... Um, the audience and actually delayed halo because they wanted it to be a good game so i appreciate that um that they actually yeah. listened to everyone because everyone just made a massive deal and everyone was like what the hell is this we're waiting for halo and it looks like a xbox one game it like people were comparing it to bloody reach on 360 even that might be a little much but yeah sure it's uh it's definitely wasn't it didn't have that next-gen feel to it at no, all. No, not at all, because you know what it is? Microsoft, with their marketing, they promoted the Series X, the most powerful console of all time, which it is. It is the most powerful console. But there's nothing on that machine that is, like, Sony-like exclusives. And when I there's say Sony-like... There's nothing advantage of that power. No, because that's what I'm saying. When I say Sony-like, I say, like, even back on the PlayStation 4, Last of Us 2, I know you haven't played it, but it looked phenomenal. Uncharted 4 looks phenomenal. God of War was 
incredible. You know, these incredible FP, uh, sorry, these incredible exclusives, whereas Microsoft, I know it's got Game Pass, fantastic, Game Pass is brilliant, but there's nothing on the Xbox in terms of ex in exclusivity that blows me away. It's clear that Microsoft doesn't really care how many um, uh, Series X they sell. It It's obvious that Game Pass is where they make their money at this current time. Yeah, so at least for now, I'm guessing, you know, the Xbox is in the current state that it is. I don't think the Series X is worth it. I think it's a beautiful console. I really do like the Series X. And Game Pass is fantastic, yes. But I think in the future, maybe four years down the line with them acquiring Bethesda and so forth, you know, having Elder Scrolls 6, potentially... Four years is a long time, though, in the gaming industry. It is a long time, but I don't even know, like, if they've even maybe developing things for the Series X, you know, prior. But what I would say is, at least a few years down the line, if not earlier, hey, if it's, if, let's say, Xbox comes out with something in the next year or so, that's amazing. I know they've got Hellblade 2, but oh, yeah. that's, that's like out. the most Sony-like exclusive I've come across. But besides that, I don't know what the Xbox has in terms of gaming, besides it's let's just promote Game Pass. Yeah, it's it's Game Pass, and then it's like, yo, play older games, which is cool. I appreciate that a lot. Sony has a lot to learn on that aspect. I like to play older games, um, so having somewhere to actually do that is something I appreciate. Yeah, and I'm I'm not slating Game Pass in any way. The fact that I'm able to play, you know, even oh, I love some Game brand Pass. new, it's, it's fucking great. Yeah, Game I Pass tried is a fantastic. lot of weird shit. Yeah. Like, the fact that I'm able to play certain games, like, hell, even Resident Evil 7 or, you know, you name it, like, other titles as well, for free, yeah. in a way, because it's like a, a service that I'm paying monthly for, th that's fantastic. Instead of me having to fork out 50 to 70 pounds for a game, you know, for different, different games, I've literally got over hundreds of games here um, that... I've got in front of me that I can play at any given time. And I think that's great value for money. So Game Pass is amazing. And I think I give I give um, a lot of credit uh, to Microsoft for bringing that in. And that's something that Sony don't have. However, on the other end, Sony do have these exclusives, which kind of make it more of a better purchase to go for the PS5 as opposed to the Series X, at least for the time being. I'm, I'm pretty sure eventually... Both of the consoles will be evened out, but right now Sony have like the the better edge because, well, they've got the better exclusives. They got like five games where Xbox has nothing. Exactly what you're saying. Five games and Xbox has nothing. That's five more games that Xbox has. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it and, goes a long way. Yeah, and even though if Halo Infinite, I, th I believe it's coming out this year, but... Th who the I, fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? And... The fact that, you know, maybe at E3 will show it off, but it is quite worrying because the game got you know rinsed when it first got introduced so they better bet they better show off a very very impressive gameplay feature for infinite again you know to get people to actually want to play the game um i wouldn't actually mind playing infinite i i would actually like to try it out um but at the same time i don't even need a series x apparently to play it because i think it's coming out on xbox one as well so, it is. And they actually just announced that it's going to have, I believe, cross-play cross, cross play and cross-save. Uh, so yeah. it doesn't matter at all. Like, again, it's great that this game is coming out, but you don't need the fucking Series X to play it. 
no, you don't. And see, see, that's what that's what bothers me. And it kind of makes me feel like, well, do I still need to invest four hundred fifty pounds in a Series X, or I guess I can wait? Fuck that! Just I, play it on PC. That's what I'm saying. I can just play it on PC. But then again, I guess I'll wait another year, I guess, to see what else the Series X has. I mean, I am gonna get a Series X eventually. Don't get me wrong. I will get one. I do want a Series X, but I'll get it when I feel it's worth investing in. But right now, for anyone who wants to buy a next-gen console, I'd say PS5 is the way to go. If you can, you know, find one. Oh, of course. I think I'm like the 1% that actually own a PS5. Mm. Um, but you'll eventually get one anyway, HC. One day. One day. But there's another thing I want to ask you about. Um, so you're a big fan of Nero Tomato, aren't you? Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Yeah, there oh, yeah, is Near Replicant out, which came out recently, didn't it? It came out a few days ago, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know nothing about um, Near Replicant too much. I know it's a remake from the PlayStation 3, I believe it was. I think it's closer to a remaster, but... Yeah, yeah I think it's more like closer to a remaster. It's basically a, uh, a redone version of the first Near game. From, yeah. I don't even know how long ago it was. It came out on 360 and the uh, PS3. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I I am um, I did play Nero Automata, and you know I thought the soundtrack was really good. You know the gameplay, you know, was pretty yes. intense. But um, you being a big fan of the series as well, like I'm surprised you haven't actually decided to grab Replicant. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of the series. Um, really? Because I, I, I just you, really pretty, like, you just not. like the ass. I just like the big fat ass. Yeah, going that up the ladders like this is yeah. a great view. Listen, man, <laughs> every game needs a hook. And that ass <laughs> was an excellent hook. It was all no. about the ass. Anyway, <laughs> the thing is, Replicant yeah. uh, and Automata is almost only related in name only. Right. They don't really have much connection. There is like a few things here and there to make you go, ah, look at that thing. It's just like that thing in that other game. Other than that, like it's it's completely different story. It's completely different world almost yeah um like the enemies and stuff is something else uh the music i hear is still really good and okay. you know eventually i might grab this game but currently i don't really have any plans i'm busy hunting monsters <laughs> yeah trying to rank up those hundred extra hours really in um yeah. monster hunter rise right now no i mean it's a, it's a, also a pretty lengthy game and i don't know it just I'll be tempted to grab it eventually. I don't know if I'll ever actually play it, but I'll grab it at some point, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... Again, I've also seen a lot of it already because of uh, um, Let's Plays and stuff. So I know some of it, what's going on. Like, it's it's a couple of years ago, so I don't remember any uh, every detail. Yeah. Um. I am sure this is a very good game. Don't know if I'll ever get around to actually playing it, but I might buy it if I find a good deal. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, personally for me, I'm, I don't think I'll ever grab near Replicant unless it goes quite cheap. Um, at the moment, it's like £50 at the moment, and I don't think it's worth it for remasters, personally. I think that's too much money uh, for remastered games. I think they should be down to like 30 quid, just like how I said about Mass Effect Legendary Edition, to be fair. Yeah. I think more effort has been put into this than Mass Effect, but that's a different uh, matter. So I believe they uh, redid all the dialogue in the game, and uh, 
most of the graphics as well. Um, and I'm also pretty sure they redid all the, uh, the all the music, the whole soundtrack. So, you know, it, it's it's a remaster of sorts, but it's one of the more um, like there's been put a lot of effort into this. Yeah, no, I totally feel you. I mean, I was watching an IGN review on it, and they were saying like it does have its flaws. The combat still feels like PS3 360 esque. Yeah, that's the fucking old jank that you can't just get rid of. With no. A nice <laughs> coat of paint. Exactly. Um, and the the levels still feel like, you know, less detailed. Um, yeah. Back in the day, like back when, you know, the PS3 and 360 were kind of like just starting off, I suppose. And and the detail isn't there. And they, I mean, they've, they've tried their hardest, but they said, besides its flaws, besides like the lackluster side missions, um, they said like the story is story is, is 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 very good yeah these games are very strong in the story department gameplay maybe not so much um well automata is really good for its gameplay because they used uh use platinum games yeah. to um, do the actual combat and stuff and they know how to do that shit they made uh you know metal gear risings and uh metal gear rising had great combat yeah uh you know platinum they do really good combat they are usually fucking terrible when it comes to story. So they, you know, they teamed up with the, uh, this Yokotaro guy who knows how to write some nonsense, but, you know, it makes you feel things. As long as you've got a good writer and, you know, someone behind it who's actually, like, got a good track record. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, Replicant, maybe one day, but who knows? So Replicant's a 50-50. But, like, another maybe for you is um, Resident Evil 8, and... So those of you who don't know, um, HC is a massive Resident Evil fanatic. He's been a massive fan of the Resident Evil series since the original um, came out, like on the PlayStation, I believe, right? Uh, I actually started with two, but yeah, ever since '98, I'd say. Yeah, so you know, Hacy's like a long, long fan of the series. But even though you like Resident Evil Seven, you're still not sold on Resident Evil Eight. I was pretty skeptical on 7 um, as well. Okay. But you know, it turned out to be pretty good. I wasn't sold at the time, and I feel like it's a lot of the same here, where not really sold on 8 at this point either. Um, I kind of hope to be proven wrong. Yeah. But, I don't know, it feels so different. It feels like it's... It feels like they fucking took the aesthetic of Bloodborne, which is not a bad thing, but I don't know if it mixes well with Resident Evil, specifically. Um, when you say mix it with Bloodborne, what you mean the monsters? Like the, the whole demons? design of things, like the whole the castle. werewolf-looking dudes, and like they, there's the guy with the fucking glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloodborne hat and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Bloodborne. I think it's the best Souls-like in... Bloodborne's all, amazing. All of yeah, yeah. I, I did yeah. enjoy Bloodborne. I, I never finished it, but what I played of it, um, I, pl I preferred it over the Dark Souls games. I wonder if you can cross-play it off my PS4 to your PS5. Oh, no, I can still play um, um, Bloodborne because it, it's a free download. Oh, all right. Never mind then. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> on the um, yeah. back, to, back to the Resident Evils. Yeah. But no, I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I, like I said, I hope to be proven wrong. I hope that it's cool. I hope that it's good. I, I didn't get to play the uh, demos because 
honestly, fuck that. I don't have time in my schedule to be yeah. online like midnight on this specific time or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just feels too different. But, you know, seven fucking proved me wrong. And I'd be happy to be proved wrong again. Yeah, with uh, Resident Evil 8. I mean, for what I played, uh, Resident Evil 8, the demos, I mean, there was the village demo which I played. Um, it was okay. It was all right. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really sell the game to me as much as I thought it would. Um, but the castle demo, on the other hand, that was very impressive. Um, I love that the castle was just in complete silence. There was. Did you get chased by the big woman? No, the big woman didn't chase me. What's her ah, name again? Name. Lady oh, Lady Damascus or something? Lady Big D. Lady Big D. Let's just call her Lady Big D. Yeah, <laughs> she's like Mr. X, but you know, yeah, in female form. I gather it would be something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, but no, I I got chased by I think one of her daughters or something, and she came out of okay. nowhere and started like you know trying to kill the me. The bug lady. Yeah, yeah. Like she she basically what happens is like it's really cool though because. They materialize from like these bugs, and see again. I think that that doesn't feel very Resident Evil. Well, you want zombies? Like, well, there are some like you know undead, which you know you can find. No, um, but what I mean is, oh, here's some bugs. They just became this person. There was something like that in Zero, right? And that was shit too. <laughs> I I like all the classic ones, but Zero is definitely the weakest of the lot. Oh, that was on the GameCube, wasn't it? Yeah. It's on, you know, modern shit now, too. They uh, re-released it. Yeah. But uh, originally, yeah. But I, I liked it, though. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. You know, visually, you know, I can be a bit of a graphics whore. And, uh... Oh, yeah. A bit, you say. <laughs> the hey, fucking worst graphics whore I've ass. ever met in my life. <laughs> but the visuals look nice. I think I need to play this. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so I, I, for what I played, I, you know, it was, it was quite impressive. I liked it. Um, the ambience was there, um, and uh, not to give anything away, but like, yeah, I, I liked the way the game worked. I liked, you know, crafting things. I liked the fact that they brought the merchant back as well. Um, not from well, Resident Evil Four, of course, but they have their own new merchant. merchant. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. big fat guy. The big fat guy. Yeah, and but I, I like that fact because it kind of like breaks away from like you know. Everyone's trying to kill me right now. I've actually got somewhat of a friendly face to talk to. Um, I don't think he'll be as iconic as a RE4 merchant, but he is talkative. Also, I like the fact that Ethan is a lot more talkative in RE8 as he is compared to RE7. I mean, he spent most of RE7 saying fuck this and fuck that. So. Yeah, well, he's got more of a personality. He's more of a character, I would say, in, um, yeah. in Resident Evil 8. It's, weird. it's so weird how they refuse to give him a face, though. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Uh, because you know what it is? So Just they... give him a face. If you're going to make him a recurring character, give him a fucking face. Yeah, like, what it is? So, in Resident Evil 8, this photo mode, right? Now, it's an FPS, just like Cyberpunk is. Now, in Cyberpunk, when you go to photo mode, you can go to third person, and you can see your own character. In RE8, I thought maybe I can go third person, you know, and have a look at Ethan, and then maybe, we, you know, take some really cool shots. Um, you he know, just disappears, doesn't he? Um, no, like I, maybe it was just on the demo, but I couldn't go to third person mode. Like maybe there isn't an option for it. I think it's all in first person cam. 
So you just turn into a floating camera instead. Basically, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, <laughs> I think they did that just because, like, no, no one needs to know what Ethan looks like. That's such a weird choice, though. I feel like Capcom is, like, 50% genius and 50% completely and utterly stupid. What are you fucking doing, Capcom? Same with the whole demo thing. Yeah. It's like, the worst demo I've ever seen. Like, no, the demo itself is probably really good, sure, but everything around it is the worst it's ever been. Yeah. Fucking go in at this time and you can play for so and so long and blah, blah, blah. So stupid. It's the dumbest 24 shit. 24 hour windows. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. But then they're like, yo, but check out this big lady, though. I know. And everyone everyone's you know shit. Everyone's going crazy over her. Yeah. So they're like I feel like there's two different marketing teams. Like one of them knows <laughs> what they're doing. And the other one's like Well Well fuck that shit. We're gonna do our own <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> hey, this works, but fuck you, cause we're gonna do something else. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. Capcom is very 50-50 on their decisions. They're either genius or, like, the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, well, to be honest, though, I'm kind of relieved Resident Evil 8 is actually a thing and it's actually a sequel from RE7 because, okay, so I enjoyed Resident Evil 2 Remake thoroughly. Um, especially because... Yeah, I fucking love that game. Yeah, thanks to, you know, Mr. X and all that stuff. But in Resident Evil 3 um, Remake... I thought this game was going to blow me away. Nemesis, a more hardcore version of, you know, Mr. X. Nemesis runs. Nemesis is a lot more stronger. He's a more of a developed character than compared to Mr. X. And I thought to myself, all right, man, this is going to be insane. And then I play the game and everything's scripted. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mr. X is what Nemesis should have been. Yeah. But, you know, being able to run as well. I was extremely disappointed with the whole nemesis aspect there is one part that um, that beginning bit where he can like chase you around the city yeah that part was the best part of the whole game because that that was nemesis the rest of the time he just shows up shoots some missiles oh you duck out of the way run down a hallway and then that's it i oh, know it was that boring as shit, shit mate sucks. he didn't chase you for shit, three games. Mate, the intro three. was the intro was fucking amazing. I love that yeah. intro of Resident Evil Three. I was like, "What the fuck? This is awesome!" I think till the, streets, the point where the you alleyways, get it was so fucking good. Well, you get the train running. Yeah. Up till that point, the game fucking rules. But after that point, the whole thing shits itself. They cut. I feel like they cut out forty percent of the original game. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What a remake! Well done, Capcom. Yeah, but you know, uh, I can say at least at least it was a different team that worked on three. Um, it was it wasn't the same team that worked on two. All oh, right, well I guess that. And you it. can you can fucking tell as well. Like maybe it was a different they, team. They out they outsourced a lot of three. Yeah, well, that's bullshit because the first yeah. part, how can you and make the first part so that. compelling and so good and so interesting and then all of a sudden ruin it all um, later on? RE Remake or RE3 Remake is so front-loaded. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, I feel fucking 
the first half of that game counts for like 80% of its content. And then the last bit is like, fuck, we're out of money. Just fucking laboratory hallways. Just go and shoot the white zombie that smells. And uh, it's a big boss fight. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Like they cut out so much of the latter half of that game. Well, you see, this is why I'm actually kind of looking forward to Resident Evil 8. Like, I don't know still if I'm going to get it on launch day. I might. I don't know. But it feels quite compelling to me because from what I played in the castle demo, I was like, you know, I can play this. This is pretty fucking awesome. Um, It's pretty cool. I like it. Um, It's very eerie. It's interesting to see what comes up. Like, when I was taking on, like, one of, you know, that tall lady, Lady... Dimitrescu, I think her name is. Yeah, Lady Dimitrescu, I think her name is. Um, I think it's one of the doors I was taking on. Like, my bullets were doing nothing. It was kind of like fending her off a little bit, but it felt like nothing was harming her. So it'd be quite interesting to see, you know, a a boss fight between me and her when I actually play the game and seeing how I could take her on. Also, I've seen, like, a clip of, like, where Lady Dimitrescu is, like, chasing you around. Um, Yeah, I've seen that clip as well. Yeah, the mansion, yeah. And so when she gets close to you, she, like pulls out these wolverine claws to like slice you in half and i kind of think all right you know what this this could be something because if she's ai based i'm playing the game i know there's like the set piece of her daughters because they're basically triggered via a set piece because i knew that from the demo they she comes at a certain point in the demo but for lady um, dimitrescu i think she's more ai based so she might be following you around in certain areas um around the castle so if that's the case, then I'm kind of sold because I loved how Mr. Rex was like hunting me down. Like for the first time in a game, I f- was shitting myself because I'm like, holy shit, this guy's right up my ass. I need to get away right now. Mr. X was a uh, definitely a game changer on the pursuer type enemy. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been done so well as uh, as that. It's... Uh... It's kind of crazy, actually, how how well it was done. Yeah. Like just the simply the sound of him walking around would yeah. like you know it would get to you because you're like this big fucker is just stomping around right outside this door. Not to mention like he was he was undefeatable. Yeah, you could stun him and slow him down, but it's like there's there's not really much benefit to it. You can get some breathing room, but oh surprise. A fucking liquor or whatever is jumping up your ass while you're shooting this guy. Exactly. And that's what uh, made the game They so repopulated intense. the whole zone with new enemies. Yeah. To fuck with you even more. It's yeah. great. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, RE2, fantastic. Uh, RE2 remake. Um, RE3, great starting. Then it became a shit show. Um, yeah. RE7, great game. RE8, I'm pretty sure they'll hopefully, fingers crossed... Follow the same formula, but what they learn from RE2, um, they'll hopefully have Lady Dimitrescu. Because she talks in this game, she's more of a character than Mr. X is. But if she is also a pursuer-type enemy, that makes her even better. You see what I'm trying to yeah. say? So The better, or the more lessons they take from RE2, the better. Yeah, I mean, I might actually wait for the reviews to come out for RE8 and just, you know, see what people are thinking about it. I don't think... Yeah, I'll... I will. I want to see what... I don't think uh, I'll get it right on gonna... launch. I think it's out May yeah. 7th, actually, so it's out... <laughs> Um, it's right around the corner, yeah. But I'm gonna wait to see the general uh, consensus. Uh, just I did the same thing with seven. 
because I was really unsure on that one. But, you know, people say, hey, this is pretty good. So, you know, I chose to believe the word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think maybe not at launch, but I'll, I'll, I'll probably get it like, hey, if it gets really good reviews and, you know, people are loving it, then who knows? Maybe I might even just grab it not long I, after. I um, have to be something about it then. Yeah, definitely. So you old fuck. Any other shows you've been watching lately? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been checking out this uh, show called Invincible. Yeah. On uh, Prime. It's um, it's got that DC style to it. Okay. You know, like uh, like Superman Batman of the one. Future. No, not like that one specifically. That one's a little, um, you know, different than the others. But you know, Justice League, that kind of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally get you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The stuff I'd watch on Cartoon Network. It is a uh, superhero show as well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's written by Robert Kirkman, the guy who, uh, you know, wrote The Walking Dead. Originally. Yeah. yeah. It's gory as fuck. It's really violent. Like. Crazy violent. Like. None of none of these DC shows comes even remotely close. It's uh it's like it, it's about this dude who um his dad is basically Superman, like just long and short of it. Okay. Um and, he's and this like, is an animated oh, series, right? It's an animated series, yeah. Yeah. And he he, you know, he's like, Oh wait, my powers have awakened. I wanna be a superhero too. You know, being a superhero isn't all fucking roses you know it's um shit goes really bad in this show and it's you know it's following this dude who is uh you know trying to you know grow into the role of being a superhero uh with all the um bad shit that he never really thought about you know you don't you don't think about oh you know sometimes you don't get to save them all and yada yada yeah, he learns all this stuff like the hard way because he's not ready to actually be a superhero. Um, I'm not gonna tell too much about the story. It's it's interesting. It's like, uh, it's not a super deep story. A lot of the violence and gore is just to fucking catch people's attention. So you see the clips on YouTube and whatever. Uh, that's pretty obvious. Like, there's a lot of edge to this show. Um. I don't know. It, it's an alright show. I've been enjoying it. The, the first season just finished. Yeah. Um, it it has some pretty crazy moments. Not gonna lie. Like you know, the boys has some some pretty surprising. Dude, I love wow. the boys. The boys is yeah. like because Game of Thrones, you know, can suck a dick because it fucking ruined my life. But the boys is legit my favorite show now. Like the, I love boys the boys has a lot of these. Wow, someone just got killed super hard. Yeah. And you didn't see that coming. This show has some similar stuff. Um, In an animated some form. Of, like, stuff I've seen on YouTube, yeah. I'm just like, holy fucking shit. Like, this yeah. is hardcore. Yeah. They they get really fucking... Uh, they get up in the guts, if you will. The violence happens really fast. And then you move on. You don't really have that much time to, you know, sit and take it in. I think it's a, it's a pretty alright show. It's uh, you should check it out if you got Prime and if you got time. <laughs> that but, rhymes. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking on you... IMDb and it's got 8.9, so it's got some yeah. ridiculously good ratings. I mean, like 9.8 on like various episodes, 9, yeah. 9.5, 8. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely it's Definitely. So if you like if you like the DC style, yeah, but you want a little more edge to it, then yeah, check out Invincible. I mean, DC's been always quite mature anyway. Like it's not been as comical as um, Marvel, I would say. Um, DC's DC's been more darker, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and I'm guessing I wouldn't like, say this is dark, but it is a lot more brutal yeah a lot more brutal yeah i'm looking at it now and it's just like you've got this like justice league squad and everything like that and like well yeah. they're not the justice league but it's like they're, they're clearly, clearly influenced the yeah fuck it <laughs> just call them the justice, it's the fucking league. justice league come but, on now. but it's well it's like the in their own universe in a way you know yeah, this guy obviously. um was his name omni man i'm guessing omni man yeah he's he's just fucking superman like omni he's man. just a color swap with a <laughs> just an older version of of yeah. superman at least you know check out the first episode if the first episode doesn't hook you in then uh, you know don't bother with the rest but you know give the first one a watch if you like what if you like what happens in the first one you're probably going to be along for the ride yeah well what is it only eight episodes isn't it so yeah much. eight episodes they're like around 45 minutes each so they're a little longer than you know normal 20 minute episodes yeah oh yeah normal 20 minutes because i was thinking like okay so for those of you who don't know like me and hazy are big anime watchers like we love anime um and manga yeah and... it's all right <laughs> it's all right it's all right yeah <laughs> fucking anything that hazy likes like a lot he'll be like it's all right it's all right it's all right yeah whatever i fucking hate your like terms for reviews it's like if you were a game reviewer mate um instead of giving something like a nine you're like it's all right Okay. Sorry, right. like nothing is ever fucking brilliant with you, but um, yeah. So things can be, things can be pretty good, <laughs> pretty good, never great. But um, no, no, no. let's not overdo us. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not go there. But um, like I was saying, like with anime, like the episodes, they they can cram a lot of content in in about like twenty twenty five minutes, and so I expected you know this animation animated show like Invincible being like around the same amount. Currently, I'm watching um, My Hero Academia, and I got into the series quite late. Um, and I'm, you know, somewhere like in the middle of season four right now, and I'm absolutely loving it. I love um, My Hero Academia. The thing with me is, if I watch something, I will binge watch it hard. Um, I don't like waiting. I hate waiting like every single week for another episode. So I like to wait for the show to kind of like fill up usually. You take them in big chunks. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm watching it with someone, mostly. Like I, I watch most things with you, obviously. Anyway, but um, but by the time we're watching something, usually like all the episodes are out, you know. Yeah. And, and unless it's like um, a very new show, um, but you know, I was showing um, you know a few of my friends like a few episodes, my mates, and they never really you know seen much anime apart from like Dragon Ball Z and stuff, and they were like watching it. And they were like, "Holy crap, this is." This is fucking good. They got really invested in it, and it kind of made me think, like, you know, um, it's nice to have a show like this that other people can appreciate who aren't really, like, anime watchers. So it goes to show that Mario Academia is a very top-notch anime. Um, it's a very compelling story. It's gripping, and it really draws you in. I would still say um, I'm not going to watch season five just yet because I'm going to wait for it to fill up a bit more. Yeah. And, of course, because I'm watching the dubbed, so I'm just waiting for more episodes to come out. But that being said, 
um, Funimation is very good when it comes with the dubbed versions. Like they bring out the dubbed episode like a couple of days later. They're so, pretty fast. Yeah, it, yeah, they're pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but Attack on Titan is probably my top anime of all time. Um, Attack on Titan blew me away. And when we watched Attack on Titan, I was like, holy shit, what is this? Um, they're what on season four now, aren't they? Yeah, so the final seen... season, but yeah, season four. Yeah, season four, yeah, the final season. And I guess once it's fully done and season four has been completed, then I guess, you know, uh, I'll jump on it and then binge watch through that. And we're actually watching a new show, guys, by the way. It's called Nagatoro. And um, HC's been reading the manga for quite a while now. And they've only got like three episodes out right now. But hey, it's a pretty, pretty damn good show. I mean, do you want to talk about HC seeing as you've read the manga and everything? It's a rom-com, uh, you know, this, this chick bullies this dude, and he's kind of into it, but, you know, uh, I don't know, the main character is kind of a wimp, and I don't know, I don't yeah, really... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, he's such a fucking wimpy-ass little bitch. He literally but, gets bullied yeah. by this girl in each episode. But, yeah, 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 but, I mean... Because I know what's to come is what I really like appreciate about. She's a complete asshole, but she's cool. <sighs> she, yes, to begin with, she's the fucking worst. But you know, she chills out after an episode or two, yeah. and you can tell how some of her like pranks and shit gets turned around, and you know, she kind of screws herself. Yeah. In her uh, confidence, and I like that 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 dynamic that there is a bit back and forth. He's always, you know, the victim, but sometimes, you know, the table gets turned, or the turn gets tabled. The turns get tabled. Yeah. What is everything uh, I shit turn to touch? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I just, I just like the characters, and I really like the art style. Um, yeah. It, uh, it didn't transition perfectly into anime, but fucking no show really does. But it does it well enough. And when you look at the comparison shots, yeah, there is some differences. But you got to keep in mind, they got to animate this shit as well. So, But at least, you know, it's from what I've seen, it's it's a high quality um, anime. It's very good. Um, I'm enjoying it. And I'm really enjoying the characters in it. Um, so it's definitely something that I will watch on a weekly basis. You've seen most of the characters that are going to show up at this point. There is a few more. Yeah. But uh, the cast overall is it's pretty good. I like them all. Uh, even the main character, even though he starts out like such a wimpy-ass loser, even by general wimpy main character um, standards, Yeah. He, he gets better. There's a lot... Of character progression in this show yeah but but it is slow but it is it is there but it's slow as hell okay. so like it, it the characters do develop over time but you're not gonna see from one episode to another he suddenly becomes the giga chat that's not gonna happen <laughs> what <laughs> what is that term chad don't worry don't worry about it. If you don't know, you don't need to know. Well, explain. What is it? No. No, moving on. You bastard. You gotta just leave me hanging there. What the hell is a Giga Chad? Yeah. Fucking Google it. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
You fucking bastard. Oh, for funny. fuck's sake. All right, you guys might hear me type in here now. Was it Giga That's Chad? Fine. Giga Chad. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Giga Chad. Oh, there's a Giga Chad meme as well. What the is. fuck is this? <laughs> I can't believe you don't know about the Giga Chad. No, I... <laughs> Giga Chad, a nickname most commonly associated with Russian sleek and tears, modern Ernest Kalimov, indicating that he is the ultimate Chad Thundercock, an internet <laughs> archetype representing an ultra masculine, sexually attractive male. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's fucking new. I didn't know about Giga Chad. Sometimes I think it's like you've never been on the internet before. <laughs> what the fuck? So this is Ultimate Chad? <laughs> so yeah, anyway. Pretty good show. Gonna keep watching it. Hopefully we'll get a season two because I feel like I have my suspicions on where season one is gonna end off. Right. And that's a pretty good point. But like, this... It just gets better and better. I feel like the weak point of this series is the start. And it just keeps, you know, improving over time. All right. So, like, yeah, I'm I'm a super fan of the uh, manga series. Anime, it's probably not going to be as good. But I think it'll be good enough. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. In, in other words, it's all right. Well... I think we've gone long enough now with this podcast. Um, unless there's anything else you want to say. I've been watching the uh, Spider show, so I'm a spider. It's a, it's a pretty fun isekai. I'm watch. a spider. Yeah, you should check it out. It's a fun watch. Fuck my it's life. Not, it's not some big brain deep shit or anything. It's just dumb fun. Is that an uh, anime? Yeah. All right, I'll have to check it out. It's on Crunchyroll or Funimation or something. Yeah, it is. All right, well, my anime list is already and they're dubbing packed it. up as it is. They're oh, dubbing are they? it for your uncultured ass. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I guess there's a reason for me to actually check it out then. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I've been watching some trash here and there, but nothing worth talking about. Yeah, this is what happens, guys. So... The reason why HC always comes up with the best animes, like every time he recommends something to me, and I fucking love it, is because he watches all the bullshit as well. I don't watch all of it. <laughs> watch, you I, watch all I the do, shit. I watch a lot of shit, and some of it I don't finish. Some of it I finish. Some of it is shit. Some of it is like that guilty pleasure trash. And some of it is actually pretty good. And then you just give me all the good shit. Yeah, because I know you don't fucking have the patience for this dumb shit. Nah, I don't. I'm just like, give me all the good shit. Make sure it's dubbed. I'm happy. Yeah. Then again, I can watch some things that are subbed. I mean, we're watching Nagaturo, which is, you know, yeah. subbed. So, but I know your preferences. Of course, my friend. Every time he's like, oh, we should watch this. I'm like, is it English? <laughs> it's like the first thing he's like no and i'm like oh, okay fine i guess i'll watch it the funniest it's thing is i'm learning how to speak japanese but the thing is this you'd think by me i would preferably want to watch anime um in subs but one thing i learned now i'm completely going off the record right now but 
I just want to add this point. When you're learning Japanese, one thing I learned is this. In anime, everything is over-exaggerated. So it's not as accurate as you think it is um, with the subtitles. So anime isn't actually the best way to learn Japanese. It's nice. I think that's pretty well known that you shouldn't try and learn it through that. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's nice to kind of like pick up a couple of slurs here and there, but it's not the best way to learn um, Japanese. In fact, VTubers are actually all right to um, learn Japanese because they're actually speaking in Japanese. It's not being yeah. uh, translated or anything like that. So I've been that. watching a lot of VTubers. Yeah, no one cares. But anyways, I guess that is it for the first episode of the Acid Spill podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, really appreciate you listeners um, checking this out. Um, anything else you want to say, HC? Yeah, buy Titanfall 2. Yeah, play it, all of you. Fucking play it. <laughs>